Hello and welcome to the finale of Patch Notes. I am your host, Adam Castor, and we have a kind of somber show for you today because it is the final show of the summer of Patch Notes. But enough of that for right now. We have new releases, gaming news, and what am I playing right now to get to. So on the new releases, on Monday, August 21st, we have Return of Double Dragon. Okay, this is really interesting. So last week we have Tanglewood, which was a physical release on the Sega Genesis. And now we have Return of Double Dragon on the Super Nintendo. Physical release on the Super Nintendo. An actual cartridge. But the difference is this isn't a completely new game like Tanglewood was. This game was actually localized in 1992 under the name Super Double Dragon. The game that released on August 21st is the initial Japanese version of the game and as a result has some extra content compared to the 1992 original. Although the novelty of going out to buy a new Super Nintendo cart is kind of cool, I do wish the game gets released for the Xbox, PS4, Switch, and PC. And I believe there might be a port for those systems on the horizon, so definitely keep tabs on that if you are really into Double Dragon. And there's also Guacamelee 2. So Guacamelee is a Metroidvania game in the style of, I guess, Mexican mythology. We're talking about uh, Day of the Dead kind of aesthetic where you have some luchadors and luchadoras. This game isn't really all that story driven. And I recommend playing it really for the aesthetics because the game is colorful and bright and flashy. And that is basically the only reason why I would consider picking up a game like Guacamelee. And lastly, on August 21st, we have Shenmue 1 and 2. So the Shenmue games, for those that don't know, are open world games, but they're in the Japanese style of open world games, where you're talking about it's a bunch of open worlds, but it's in a but they're all sectioned off. So it's not cohesive per se. It's more like you're kind of in different areas that you can explore. And that it's basically similar to the Yakuza series. And so the first two games of the Shenmue trilogy have been remastered and they're coming out for basically everything PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC on August 21st. So if you're excited about the upcoming release of Shenmue 3, which just got announced to be released on August 27th, 2019, you can finally catch up on the first two games of the trilogy without spending money on a Sega Dreamcast. On August 23rd, we have My Hero 1's Justice, which is an action game based on the popular anime My Hero Academia. I don't really know much about this game because I don't really watch My Hero Academia, but it does promise to have a large varied roster of characters throughout the series. And uh, according to Bandai Namco's website, the combat is incredibly varied and very similar to the anime. So... I kind of expect it to be in the vein of like a Dragon Ball Xenoverse, but without the RPG elements that Dragon Ball Xenoverse had, where you're just fighting in open areas. So on August 24th, we have Formula One 2018. I liken this to another yearly release of any other sports game like Madden, NBA 2K, FIFA, and NHL, but not in a derogatory way, more in the sense that it's Formula One racing with added tracks, added championships, and added racers which is pretty cool. And there also promises to be major changes to the career mode progression system to make it more engaging for players. And that was one of the main complaints that the developer Codemasters said about F1 2017, that players were just kind of losing interest as the career mode went on. And they just didn't really want to go on because they were bored. So hopefully 
the changes to the career mode in F1 2018 is going to make the game last longer and be more exciting and more engaging and more interesting for fans of F1 racing. So lastly, we have Night Trap 25th Anniversary Edition. Do you remember Night Trap? The FMV horror game that was released for the Sega CD in 1992, where you're basically watching security cam footage of a slumber party to make sure robbers don't invade the house and kidnap any of the girls. The game that, along with Mortal Kombat, was responsible for the creation of the ESRB that's responsible for the age ratings of all video games in America. It is notable, at least for that, and it is notable as being one of at least two games that everyone remembers being on the Sega CD, other than, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog CD. So anyway, the 25th anniversary edition of Night Trap was released last August on Night Trap's actual 25th anniversary in 2017 for a PS4 and PC, and this edition of Night Trap had uncompressed videos in place of the awful, awful looking FMVs, which is basically a sign of the times because that's about as good as videos got when you're talking about consoles. And that in and of itself should be worth a repeat purchase because at least the videos are watchable and they don't look like they're being played out of a potato. So a switch port of this remaster will release on Friday, August 24th, which is funny, ironically funny, because at the congressional hearings in the 90s that led to the creating of the ESRB, Nintendo itself, Howard Lincoln, who worked for Nintendo, said, and I quote, Night Trap will never appear on any Nintendo system. And yet, here we are. Night Trap is being released for the Nintendo Switch, effectively making Howard Lincoln's words useless. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. On to the news and notes. So Gamescom 2018 has been going on all this week. And there have been a ton of announcements. So many that I am really kind of only hitting on some of the major ones, or at least the ones that I feel like I and most other people care about. One of the bigger companies that showed gameplay at Gamescom 2018 was Capcom. So first they have Devil May Cry 5, which I talked about the trailer of with Desiree and Max at E3 2018. So there's just a trailer for that it was a pre-rendered thing where you didn't really see much gameplay if any but now there is a straight up gameplay trailer and a 15 minute demo that was played for devil may cry 5 showing nero's gameplay with his new metal arm the devil breaker as opposed to in devil may cry 4 when it was the devil bringer it looks really cool it functions very similarly to the devil bringer in devil may cry 4 where you can just like grab enemies and you can switch out arms whenever you want, which is kind of cool. And arms can break if used too much. So it adds more variety and depth to a combat system that was already pretty deep. And the gameplay trailer showed literally five seconds of gameplay from Dante, where he, if in case you don't remember the end of the trailer, he was riding in on a motorcycle laughing. And... He uses his motorcycle as a weapon in the game. He splits the motorcycle in half, and it looks like basically two swords, two giant swords that are half a motorcycle. 
And he can also put it back together and ride it and use that in combat. I mean, geez, this, this series is unbelievable. I cannot wait to see more from Devil May Cry 5. And it's coming out. It's not coming out in 2018, not, a, not even close, but it is coming out March 8th, 2019. So I'm excited for that. I cannot wait to see more gameplay, more character development, more in the story of Devil May Cry 5. I want to see if Dante has more weapons that he can deal with, more the style system from Devil May Cry 3 and 4. I want to see if that's going to come back. I still have a fair amount of questions with this game, and I hope that they're answered before March 8th, 2019. We also have Sekiro Shadows Die Twice which is the new game by From Software that takes place in a more traditional Japanese setting, which kind of fills the niche that Neo tried to fill by being a Dark Souls game in a Japanese setting, as opposed to Dark Souls, which is more of a Western medieval time period. And the game looks really cool. There have been a lot of trailers for it. And like Devil May Cry 5, there was a gameplay demo. And they also announced a release date which is March 22nd, 2019. I can already tell March is going to be a big month for video games. Also, Battlefield 5, there's going to be an open beta for Battlefield 5 that is starting on September 4th for early access slash origin members. I think that's just EA's sort of deal where you just get into the beta on September 4th. But for everybody else that's not in any of those programs, they can go to the open beta on September 6th. And I haven't really seen much about Battlefield 5, which is surprising considering it's coming out October, November. But people are going to see a lot more about it when the open beta comes out in early September in a couple weeks. Going back to Capcom, we have the Resident Evil 2 remake and they also had a gameplay trailer. So this gameplay trailer involved Claire Redfield, the deuteragonist of Resident Evil 2, her and Leon S. Kennedy, and she was fighting the infected Birkin, Dr. Birkin, who works for Umbrella. And the gameplay is what I expected from a Resident Evil remake. It's in the style of Resident Evil 4, where you have the third-person shooter, kind of over-the-shoulder camera, it's zoomed out a bit, which is nice. And surprisingly, it still feels incredibly tense. Even though you're not in the kind of top-down perspective that the Resident Evil games were using at that time, it's still very chaotic when you're trying to switch weapons when a giant monster is running towards you because where you kind of like forget the controls for a second, you're like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, I gotta run, I gotta run. And I think Resident Evil 2 definitely captures that because it has the claustrophobic environments that you'd expect from a survival horror game, and it really plays to its strengths. And I'm excited to see more from Claire and Leon in more gameplay trials from Resident Evil 2 Remake. I don't know when it's going to be released yet. I don't think they announced a release date, so I'm definitely keeping tabs on that. And lastly, from Gamescom, we have the Spyro Reignited Trilogy, which is no longer coming out in September. It got delayed because of this controversy where... If you got a disc copy of the Spyro Reignited Trilogy, only the first game is on the disc, and you have to download the last two games from Xbox Live or PSN, which is really weird because the reason that people get physical medium is because they want to save on space. If you were just going to give them a digital copy of two-thirds of the game, then you might as well just buy a digital version of the game because you're already two-thirds of the way there. So thankfully, they're delaying the game to try and fix that problem. And they did show some gameplay from the remastered levels. And 
I am really excited to play these games because I, when I was growing up, I really only was experienced with the reboot Spyro games, like Spyro the Dragon, A New Beginning. And I did enjoy them, but I really want to see where the franchise began. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. And on to the final edition of What Am I Playing Right Now? And this game that I'm talking about is without a doubt, my favorite game of all time. The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. I played the GameCube version because I don't have a Wii U. The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker is my favorite game of all time, which is like half nostalgia because, I mean, it was the first Zelda game I've ever played. And I got it for Hanukkah and I was very excited. I just could not stop playing it. And so the plot of Wind Waker is it takes place after Zelda Ocarina of Time. And so Ganondorf gets sealed after that game. And Link leaves to go back in time to uh, become a child. And then that starts Majora's Mask. And it goes into a different timeline. So this happens. So Link's gone. And then years later, Gandorf breaks out of his seal. And Link isn't there to stop him. And the people of Hyrule are like, what do I do? What do we do? So they pray to the gods. The gods are like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to flood Hyrule and seal away everything forever and people will adapt in the coming years and they will find new life above the waves and then that's where the game starts so you're on Outside Island very creative name Outside Island and your grandma wants you to play Ocarina of Time cosplay basically she's like put on this garb of the hero and it's basically Link's clothes which is hilarious. And then you go to, I don't know if he's your grandfather or your uncle. His name's Orca, but he teaches you how to use a sword. And then, and after you do that, you see this giant bird flying over outside island. And he drops this girl from his claw into the top of the island, which is like a wooded area. So you go up there and you find this person who's a pirate captain named Tetra. And you save her from hanging from a tree and you guys meet up and then the bird comes back and then he kidnaps your little sister because he thinks that she is tetra because they both have blonde hair literally that's the only reason because they both have blonde hair so you're like oh crap i have to go save my sister and you find out that the bird went to the forsaken fortress and so you ally yourself with tetra who is a pirate ship captain and you go to the forsaken fortress and it's heavily guarded so you have to stealth your way through it's actually kind of funny so they shoot you out of a cannon to get in because i mean what are you going to do going through the front door no they shoot you through out of a cannon and you drop your sword so you can't fight any enemies and you have to stealth your way around all of the moblins and the buckoblins that are patrolling the forsaken fortress and it's very interesting because I don't really see any other Zelda game doing stealth before this. And at times it wasn't really implemented well, but other times it is incredibly tense. So you end up finding your sword and then you see the giant bird that kidnapped your sister. So the bird, so you're too weak to fight this bird and the bird flings you 
across the ocean to Windfall Island where you meet up with this talking boat, the King of the Red Lions. And you have to find a sail. First, you have to find a sail because he doesn't have one. So you can get off the island. You go help this shopkeeper set up his shop and he gives you a sail. And so you sail across the Great Sea, as it's called, and you find these pearls of the goddess because you have to get the master sword so you can defeat Ganon. And well, the King of the Red Lions says it's just the, the man in the tower, but it's basically Ganon at this point. It's Ganondorf. So you have to get the three goddess pearls to try and find the master sword, which is in Hyrule underwater. Anyway, so you get the goddess pearls of Din, Nehru, and Faror, and you then, okay, and then after that, you go to the statues across the Great Sea, and you put the pearls in all three statues, and they raise up this gigantic building called the Tower of the Gods, and you, it's basically like a giant, like, test your worth trial. And you go up through the Tower of the Gods, you get a bow, which is cool, and you go through that and you fight the boss. And after that, you go down and you go to Hyrule. And all the and before all of this, the King of the Red Lions gives you the Wind Waker, which is this conductor's baton that you can use to manipulate the winds, warp from place to place, take control of allies. It's very cool, very varied. And... You use that a fair amount of time to solve a lot of puzzles in dungeons. That in combination with items that you have in your inventory. It's very, very cool. And that's the main way you used to get around because you have to manipulate the wind to be in line with your sail. Unless you just don't feel like going at full speed. So anyway, you go down to Hyrule. Everything in Hyrule Castle before was basically encased in stone. Because it's been down there for so long in the water. So you lift the Master Sword from its pedestal, King Arthur style, and and then everything, all the enemies, all the people there are reanimated, and then you have to fight everybody, and you find out that Tetra is actually Princess Zelda in disguise, but she didn't even know that she was in disguise, which is the funniest thing. And it's sad because Tetra was one of the more interesting characters in the game, but she ends up just being in Hyrule Temple, Hyrule Castle, as Princess Zelda for the second half of the game. So the second half of the game is that you're going to the Wind Temple and the Earth Temple, and you want to awaken the sages because the Master Sword, when you pulled it out, wasn't at full power. So you need these two sages of the Earth Temple and the Wind Temple to awaken the full power of the Master Sword so you can defeat Ganon once and for all. Once you get the Master Sword, you go back to the Forsaken Fortress and you finally save your sister and you kill the bird and then you go to the tower, the top of the tower and Ganon's there and he's like, oh, you've come to fight me. But your Master Sword is weak, so you're not going to be able to do anything. You go to the uh, Wind and the Earth Temple to try and restore, restore the power to repel evil to the Master Sword. Is basically how the game tells it. And you find the two sages, who are actually two of your friends that you met when you were going to get the Goddess Pearls. Medley, who is a bird girl who you met on the first dungeon in Dragon Roost Island. The bird people, the Rito, are actually descendants of the Zora, who are a water-based species, so I don't really know. So I don't really know how they evolved from that. But anyway, so Medley is the Earth Sage, and this person that you met 
at the Forest Temple, Makar, who is the evolution of the race, the Kikiri race in Ocarina of Time. He's the Wind Sage. So they both discover their hidden potential. You go to each temple and they awaken the power to repel evil to the Master Sword. So you go down, back down to Hyrule Temple after you find eight pieces of the Triforce afterwards, which is probably one of the worst parts of the game because you have to go all the way around the Great Sea looking for Triforce pieces and you have to get these charts deciphered by Tingle, which costs a ton of money. Definitely really grinds the pace of the game to a halt. But anyway, after all of that, you get eight pieces of the Triforce of Courage and that's the only way to stop Ganon. That in combination with the Master Sword you go down to Hyrule Temple again, and you confront Ganondorf, and as he's about to make a wish on the Triforce, on the full Triforce, after he knocks you and Zelda out, the King of Red Lions, who is actually the King of Hyrule in disguise, who, he's in human form now in Hyrule, he makes a wish that Hyrule is drenched forever and is completely annihilated. So Hyrule starts flooding, and all the while, Ganondorf uh, is unbelievably mad because his wish was negated he couldn't do it and so he fights you and he fights he fights you and zelda and at the end of the fight you end up stabbing him in the head and turning him into stone so he dies along with hyrule and that's the end of the game wind waker is one of my favorite games not only because of nostalgia, not only because of the cool cel-shaded graphics, and not only because Link actually has a personality in this game. He has very, very vivid facial expressions, and I love that. But I also love Wind Waker because it really gives you a sense of adventure going on the Great Sea and finding all these islands that you can use to get heart pieces, upgrades to your bow, your bombs. Uh, you can get fire and ice arrows. It It's really just incredible. And I feel like it really should be played by just about everybody. Either get it on the GameCube or get it on the Wii U. This has been it for another episode of Patch Notes. First of all, I want to thank everyone who has been listening to me talk about video games all summer and truly hope that you might have learned a thing or two that you didn't before about either the industry itself or gaming in general. To catch up on every other episode of Patch Notes, you can go to RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. We are also on Spotify and iTunes as Radio Free South Bronx. And we also have a YouTube channel, which is also Radio Free South Bronx. For everyone at Radio Free South Bronx, have a great rest of your summer and keep on playing.